everyone, and welcome to a special fifth anniversary of Set Lusting Brews episode. That's right, in the month of September, we are going crazy, having episodes almost every day to celebrate the fifth anniversary of the podcast. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today from around the globe, literally, <laughs> um, we have Ian from UK. We Hello, have, Jason. Hey, Ian. Good to see you. And you too. We have Bella from the city that never sleeps, New York. Hi, Jesse. And from South Africa, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good, Jesse. And yourself? I am great. So I want to start out during this pandemic. Uh, we'll start with you, Chris. Is is everything going okay? Are you staying safe? How are you how are you handling this? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm handling it best um, I can. You know, been very fortunate, but we've been taken care of our work. Um, you know, during the the full lockdown, um, you know, they they took care of us and. Even now, we're working um, reduced hours, but we're still, you know, getting everything. So, um, you know, business is still going pretty well. So, you know, I feel very fortunate because a lot of people have, you know, quite, um, you know, suddenly been put out of work or, you know, they're not, not being paid their full salaries. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very appreciative of, of that. Good. Well, I am glad that you and yours are hanging in there. Bella, how about uh, you? How's the East Coast? You know, New York is actually doing well um, in terms of our testing and new infections. We're at a very, very low rate. But New York public schools are going to be open um, this coming year, which... I mean, there was no right way to make that decision, so I'm hoping that our infection numbers don't jump. Well, as someone who's in Texas, where the numbers are just mushrooming, um, and I've been back in the office probably since middle of May, and uh, so things feel a lot more normal to me because I'm still getting up in the morning, I'm driving into work, I'm working my shift, and then coming home. Um you know, I'm a little worried with the school starting and also selfishly because our job is roadside assistance. And we're talking if you don't if you have virtual schools. And so why couldn't you take your RV out anywhere where there's Internet and in the woods, you know, do virtual schooling with your kids, you know, and then check in however often you have to do to get game plans. So we are not worried. We are worried. worried business is not going to slow down. But I'm glad you're doing well. When does school start again for you, Bella? Uh, in a week. Okay. So by next week, I'll be back. But we're all virtual. So yeah. the colleges are all virtual, but the K through 12s are okay. all in person, which I get, you know, yeah. Internet access in New York is not amazing. There are a lot of people without Internet. So, mm-hmm. Zoom school is hard. Yeah, absolutely. And Ian, how about you, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, work is quite quiet, but work's always pretty quiet in uh, August on, for anyway. So, uh, But healthy, enjoying a bit of summery weather finally. So uh, that's nice. Good. Very nice. Um, I know that um, it, I'm just glad all three of you are doing well. And uh, I, I'm excited that we're getting a chance to visit. So... Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of pull the curtain back, so I reach out. I have um, I have a lovely group of people who have been on the show multiple times, who are very vocal supporters, and so I have a distribution list in Gmail, and I you know I kind of this is my council of um, you know uh, set listing Bruce buddies I guess, and I go hey I'm looking for ideas for this anniversary and Chris is the one who came up with this topic. So Chris, I'm going to let you kind of explain your thought process and then we'll kind of go around the room and then we'll start. Okay. Well, it goes back to, I think it was December, 2018 when I joined you and um, Tim Arnold for a podcast for a set listing Bruce podcast. And we did, 
the top five first tracks, first tracks on Bruce's studio albums. So I thought, um, seeing as it's the fifth anniversary, why not choose um, the fifth track on each, right, the top five fifth tracks? And for some, you know, whether it's coincidence or not, um, there's some pretty decent tracks amongst those <laughs> track track fives. I, I, you know, I'm not too sure what, whether it's because it's you know on the old LPs maybe that was the beginning or last song on of a side. Um, yeah. Something I'm 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 not too sure, but, e- but even some of the modern ones as well. So yeah, I just thought that would be a nice something slightly different. I did too, and um, I'm hoping that I can put this on September 5th just to really be triple fives. Um, I guess if we'd had it'd been perfect, if we'd had five guests, but that, I don't know if that stretched our internet too much. Um, I thought it was a great um, concept, and very quickly you did the hard work for us you went through grabbed all the albums put the number five so we didn't have to do the research so we just had to go oh here's the list um did you debate having for the river you know it's two albums so did you bait like on on album three the fifth song or you thought of this as just one release just i thought i'd just do it the same way we we did the first track, so it's just yep. uh, the fifth track, you know, of you know, on, on the river, and not ignores the second disc. I, I think that's the right choice, though. I'm going to say right now that if Bella or Ian, like, no, 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 I cheated and picked that as a separate, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give them a thing. You know, I, um, I just recently was on Music Talks with our friend. Uh, Terry and um, and he said what he thought is funny is in the very first episode where we did this um, I said okay I cheated a little bit and he says since then almost every guest has cheated a little bit to make their list so I figured that's you know it's kind of uh, in American baseball there is this kind of wink wink that to a certain degree cheating like you know doctoring the ball or stealing signs has kind of been accepted and so I guess in podcasting a little bit of that too um, Ian when you saw the list and you volunteered uh, what were your thoughts I just thought it sounded a great idea um, when I've been listening to some of your episodes where people have chosen their either a top five or ranking the songs worst to best on a particular album I've always being jealous of the guests who get to do that on the on the shows. So so when I heard about this one, I thought, oh, n- now's my chance to get in there and, and do one of these kind of episodes finally. Good. All right, and Bella, how about you? You jumped on. You are always into favor of ranking, right? Like if I have a ranking episode, you will go with me. I I love rankings. I was just talking to my friend yesterday that my next list for my blog is going to be ranking the vice presidents. Um, I any sort of list. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> because we were like, who is the best vice president? And you know, you can all read the blog in like a month or whatever. Oh, that'd be great. But yeah. I just I love to rank things. I think it's fun, and so I was like, great, another opportunity to rank something. I didn't mm-hmm. rank all the track fives. So I was like, I don't have the time yeah, for that, but right. someday I will. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so where does John Hoynes, you want to tell me where John Hoynes makes it on your VP list? Oh, I honestly, he's number one. I love John Hoynes. Uh, he's my favorite. He's one of my favorite characters on the West Wing. I thought he was great. Yeah. I just finished uh, the rewatch. Uh, and just was um, I loved going back and I think partly because of the current political world it was it truly felt like comfort food to watch that <clears throat> all right uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to start at five go up to one we'll go one at a time Chris why don't you start us out okay my number five is counting on a miracle from the rising nice um, when I first heard the rising that was one of the standout tracks you know the, my first few listens to it and uh, there's a couple of songs 
on the rising, that and you're missing, which are seemingly written from perspective of a woman, um, which is also quite interesting. Um, which you know, really have, you know, really seems to happen. Um, but also, you know, on a personal level, I always thought of the song. If you ignore the bits which sort of indicate death, um, then you know it could also be like about unrequited love. That feeling, you know, when you <clears throat> somebody just occupies your whole world but they probably don't even know you exist. And then you sort of, you know, it's, you know, the chances are absolutely zero, but you, you keep hoping and praying, but <laughs> you know, one day they're going to, going to notice you. I think that's a really good thing. And I, I, one of the things that we find as fans of when Springsteen puts himself in another place, another, you know, a perspective uh, I know, like one of Bell and I's first talks was Streets of Philadelphia, right? And, and where, you know, here is a middle-aged, white, straight guy putting himself the persona of someone fighting this horrible disease that's dying from this disease. And um, you know, he did okay with it. He won an Oscar, right? But it is, it is something pretty amazing. Uh, great choice, great choice, Bella. How about you? Uh, my number five is Incident on 57th Street. Okay. Um, which it might be higher on some people's lists, um, but I really love it. I think the back half of uh, Wild the Innocent is the greatest series of three songs. I would say maybe in all of Bruce's catalog, just because they fit together so well. The way Incident goes into Rosalita is... I mean, breathtaking. It's so amazing. Um, but it's also, it's the classic Bruce Springsteen storytelling with all the characters. Um, to me, it reminds me of like nighttime in New York, which is, I, I love that. Um, it's, it's the reason it's not, you know, number two or number one is it's a long one. And compared to the other songs on wild and wild, the innocent, it's not, it's not in my top two on wild, the innocent. So that's why it's a little bit lower, um, but I really do love that song. Okay, that's great. Uh, by the way, I meant to ask, uh, did you guys have any thoughts on – at this point, Ian, you can discuss either Chris or Bella, and certainly Phil to – you know, Chris share to talk about Bella. I meant to ask you guys, you know, you don't have to – please, after we give our thoughts, give some – share your own thoughts. Oh, I have Counting on a Miracle, but it's higher on my list. So I'll, okay. I'll keep right. my thoughts quiet until good. then. <laughs> and I have I have incident on my list, and it's also higher. Okay, um, good. Um, um, but I don't I don't have Counting on a Miracle. Counting on a Miracle is one of my uh, near misses on on this particular list. So, but I, I thought I do like the song very much, um, and I I thought it was a really interesting take that that you had on it, Chris, with the um, that alternative reading of it. So yeah. Um, I'll uh, listen to it slightly differently, I think, when I when I hear it. So, uh, yeah, my my number five is uh, Independence Day from the River. Nice. Um, so uh, I don't know whether I'm allowed to vote for Independence Day, being from England, but uh, I I like the song. Um, it's a song that speaks to me. I think that whole thing about the father-son relationship that Bruce is talking about in that. It's something that is uh, particularly something that hit a chord with me. When I got into Bruce's music and first heard that song, I was what they call, um, I guess, a kid at a difficult age. You know, I was in my teens, so I was nothing like what Bruce talks about with his dad. But, you know, you have this kind of conflict with your parents a little bit. And the line about we were just too much of the same kind. And everybody used to say that the reason me and my dad had this conflict was because we were the same you know we were two alike and so that song spoke to me in terms of um my relationship with my dad and also the idea of not doing the same things my dad did getting taking the opportunities that he never had at a time which i had educationally and so on that my parents generation didn't get Uh, and i just love the song from that point of view and 
the sax solo is absolutely awesome as well. Yeah, uh, it's on my list. It's it's higher, so I'm going to save my thoughts on what I'm sharing. But absolutely great choice. Um, I, I did notice, like, there's probably, um, you know, we had a choice of, um, you know, 19, and I probably could have gone a 10. You know, I mean, there's a few that I went, eh, this was, you know, this is one I may not know. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, See, any- I think... For me, I think we could have gone to 10 and I would not have included Independence Day. Interesting. It's not that I I don't like it, but I think because it is so specifically a father-son song. I can see that. And and the way it's written, I mean, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, but it doesn't speak to me at all um, in any way. So I think it's just one of those where I'm like, yeah, it's like fine, but. That's interesting, and I had thought of that. You know, because I I can't think of that perspective, and that's true. Very nice. Um, So, go ahead. I was going to say, also with me, it's it's one of those sort of iconic Bruce songs, but just never grabs me. Um, You know, it's sort of the the one where I'd go and go for a toilet break if it came on. Ah, (laughs) very nice. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Um, well, if I'm listening to it, I'll check the messages on my phone when it when it comes on. Um, and I think that maybe because I didn't, you know, I didn't have a sort of a conflicting relationship with my father. It was a pretty good relationship, so yeah. you know, it doesn't speak to me in in that way. But very nice. Yeah. All right. So I went um, new, old. I went new school. And my fifth was Sleepy, Sleepy Joe's Cafe. I, I know a lot of people have said that they thought that's derivative and it's it's one of the weaker songs on, um, you know, Western Stars. But I just loved it. I, I love the the energy of it. I love the storytelling of it. Um, I and yes, I realize there is similar themes to Out in the Street, but I love the idea of walking into a bar and letting the work week slip away. Um, it's just, it has a little bit of a Cajun, um, touch in it. And when he's doing it live, uh, where, you know, um, um, he's doing the accordion. Um, I, I just really love that show, that song. And so it, I picked it as number five. I suspected that would be on your list. Um, mostly because it feels so optimistic, like the sound of it is very optimistic. And I was like, I feel like Jesse really likes this one. That is a true statement. And I think that reason is very, very, very true. Good. I think uh, the thing that when I first heard that song, it's one of those Bruce songs where you think this is going to be a good one live. Yes. You know, like the first time you listen to the river, you hear Mary's place and you think this is going to be a big live song. Sleepy Joe's Cafe is like that. You can almost imagine the instrumental bit at the end when they're playing it on stage. The band are all marching up and down at the front of the stage. And maybe they've got a couple of people about the crowd dancing. And, you know, this it's really got that vibe about it to me that hopefully we get to see it. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with Ian there. It's, you know, I think once it's we've heard it live, um, we probably think completely different about it. A bit like um, the Sega sessions, you know, the. The studio album didn't really do much for me. I maybe listened to it twice. The live in Dublin, I've listened to about two billion times. You know, it just those songs just come alive. I, I, yeah, I think live, so. In a live setting, and I, I, I absolutely probably yeah. be the same. All right, Bella, number four. Uh, my number four is Sinaloa Cowboys. Ah. Uh, yeah, I, I went to, went a deep Tom Joad cut. I this is I think my favorite song. Well, Tom Joad is my favorite song on Tom Joad, but this comes in number two. Um, I this song feels so specifically southwestern, which is where I grew up. That it you know reminds me of where I grew up. It kind of it tickles that little part inside of me. Um, I think he is really stretching his storytelling muscles there. He's held such a perfect contained story in. Sinaloa Cowboys um and uh, I mean this is the case with the whole Tom Joad album but I like the point he's making with it I I gravitate towards Bruce's political songs and I like the 
the point he's making here of like the struggle to come across the border, the struggle for a better life, what people do when they're backed into a corner and, and what they, you know, may choose to do in order to provide for themselves and their family. Um, and Robin JB mentioned it on their podcast, but he rhymes uh, hydrionic acid. <laughs> like anyone who can put hydrionic acid in a song, like that's impressive. <laughs> you know, that that's really sad. And once again, you mentioned um, you weren't surprised I had Sleepy Joe Cafe. Once you say that, I am not surprised you would pick that as well. That's um, that's a great choice. Uh, absolutely. Um, Ian, Chris, any thoughts? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like Joe's not my sort of top album, which I think I mentioned before, you know, that that and, um, devils and dust, I find uneasiest albums to listen to, but that is one song that sort of does stand out when I, you know, it's probably one of the top two or three songs on that, on that album. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think you're right, Bella, in terms of the storytelling, and it is self-contained. Uh, the thing I think I like, I, guess I like about it is, it is very bleak. There's, there's no redemption. There's no happy ending. It is, it is completely. That's what it is. That's how tragic these things are. And there, the fact that in the album he links to articles and magazines about these stories that he's based the songs on. It really says, yeah, this is the life that people are living. So it does have that that real kind of yes, it's bleak, but it's it's also real. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's a, a really the strength in it. Um, Ian, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is Cautious Man. Oh, nice. From uh, Tunnel of Love. Uh, so maybe this one's a, might be a bit of a curveball. Um, I love Tunnel of Love. Uh, it's the first Bruce album that I bought like it was the album that had just come out when I got into his music so um, it was really the first one I ever went down to the shop and bought when it was actually in the charts Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think obviously the Tunnel of Love it deals with a lot of themes to do with marriage and relationships Uh, and that's something that as you get older and go, go through that kind of stuff then the songs start to mean a little bit more to you and this is one of those um one of the things I, I know I talked about when I was very first a, a guest with you, Jesse, is that I like songs that are about people who are isolated, who are outsiders in some way. And um, the protagonist of, of this song, Bill Horton, he's he's trying to fit in. Uh, and then this he falls in love with this woman and it kind of throws this careful little world that he's created for himself into some kind of chaos. And he, he spends his time then trying to, you know, get accustomed to that and to build the best life he can. Uh, and again, I think that restlessness and that feeling of just feeling isolated, even though he's not on his own. And um, I think even the end of the song, he decide, he thinks he might go, he comes back to his wife. But even then, you don't feel like that's the end of the story. You know, is is he going to do this again in, in five years, in two years? And, and I, I love that about it as well. It's it's kind of that unresolved, if you like. Uh, I just think it's a great song and a great vocal performance as well from, from Bruce on that particular one. It is a song I would love to hear live. It didn't make my list, but it certainly is on the, as I talked about, the it was in contention for my list. Um, and I agree, everything you said, it's Tunnel Love is one of my favorite albums. And, and often when they go, okay, you can only have one Bruce album, you know, like you start thinking, well, Tunnel of Love is up in the contention, you know, because of that. So, um, Chris, Bella? Yeah, that's an interesting choice. Um, I don't know, I didn't really give it much consideration. Um, maybe because it's not my favorite track on Tunnel of Love you know yeah. Tunnel of Love is a very strong album and as I've got lots of favorite tracks on that um and I guess yeah but it's it is a good track and it's it's one of those ones that you know you can't help can't help sort of triggering the imagination and thinking 
you know, of the story, you know, sort of filling in the, the blanks, so to speak. I love the line in that song on his, I think it's on his right hand, he tattooed the word love and on his left hand, the word fear. I think that's such a great, because that is the counterpoint to love. It's not hate, it's fear. And so I love that. I, it's not like Chris, it's not my favorite on Tunnel of Love. And I do, I get weirded out anytime Bruce gives a last name. I'm like, wait a minute. No, we do first names. We do first names and maybe a nickname. But anytime he gives a last name, I, I get very thrown off. Cautious man, he does it in Car Wash, where I'm like, why? <laughs> why do we need to know their full name? I don't know why, but it weirds me out. So we're going to go on a tangent, and I apologize. Um, you know, I started a new job in February, and um, I we've gotten really busy. So there is a very narrow skill set that they've trained me to do. And basically my job is uh, when we're really busy is I pick up my phone and I call the person who, um, let's say it's, you know, we said that someone would be out there to help them by 1030. And so at 1040, I'm calling and going, hi, Chris, this is Jesse Jackson with CoachNet, just calling to make sure our service arrived. And um, our trainer freaked out that I gave my full name because they train people to only give your first name because of <laughs> – but. When I started in a first in a call center, like 8990, there was no thought of Google and Internet and risk of privacy. Like, you know, I, I, you know, you owned your name and they're like, no, no, no. You know, Jesse Jackson, CoachNet, that could be them searching. They could learn things about you and that's not safe. And, and I, um, I was like, I had never thought of that. I just have always been when I call someone, I give my full name. Uh, so. But you do have a, you have a good name to give the full name too because i feel like if you google jesse jackson coach net the right reverend will probably yes he will it is yes yes i always smile when people say have you googled your name many times and it's it's very few things well nice i i like that uh all right uh chris you're number four my number four is highway patrolman from nebraska it's um also, it's, it's it's a nice story. It's like a complete story, almost. Um, and it's got a, a fairly happy in, ending. Or a, a feel-good ending. I don't know whether it's happy ending. But, you know, there's, there's um, the one brother putting family ahead of, you know, and his, his brother ahead of the law. Doing doing the right thing for him. Um, That's fascinating. I don't see that as a feel good ending, personally. Oh, dude, because you know, it, uh, I mean, I now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I'm always like, ooh, his boss is gonna be so mad at him. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, who who's he's him and his brother are the only ones on the road. He's he stops and lets his you know sees, sees the tail lights disappear. Um, you know, you think, what would you do in that situation? You'd, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a tough, it's, it's like almost an impossible, um, what, conundrum, I guess. And a song uh, that gives a full last name. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Maybe that's why it's not on my list. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it is on my list. And so I'll save my thoughts for when I'm sharing it. Um, I think, it is one of the most cinematic songs of his, yeah. which, you know, which why it was a movie, right? Yeah. Um, so he did that. All right. Cool. Um, any other thoughts? No, it would, it would have been uh, my number six. Okay. It was pipped to the list by Independence Day, so right. it, was, uh, it would have been my six. So my number four is Independence Day. Um, and for the very re- – this is a similar story – um, you know, I remember hearing it live in, in an early show and, and not really reacting. And it wasn't a favorite show till the river tour. And when he started telling the story about him and his father and the idea that he 
in his late six that he is the age that his father would have and looking back at that song where the the it's changed in other words when he wrote this he was you know in his late 20s 30s talking to his father in the 60s now he's in the 60s looking back at that fascinated me the idea that he can now see this song from the other side of the the conversation um i i i had a i had a i still have a complicated relationship with my mother um i have you know certainly with my dad um i think linda and chris my wife and son are very much this episode they have that they're very similar and they have had those kind of relationships in in the past when he was younger now that he's an adult it, it's much different and and so those are the reasons why i love that song and after hearing it you know i got to hear it four times on the show each time it was a highlight to me just the idea of that emotions and so that put this up and it actually i'm gonna confess when i started doing this my one through five were all in order of ranking like oh the one he reduced first that was number one. Oh, this one number two and i went okay that's just kind of a little too obvious let's let's shake it up a little bit so uh but anyway independence day is my number four and since we've already kind of talked about it nothing else to say all right chris give us your number three my number three is Racing in the Street. It's, uh, you know, it's a um, iconic Springsteen song. Um, you know, and I think there was, especially in the 80s, before I really got into Bruce, there was, a, you know, his reputation was for singing about cars and women and there's a there's a British group called Prefab Sprout. Um, they were quite popular in the 80s. I don't know if they were that popular in America, but I actually wrote released a song called Cars and Girls, and the first line is Brucey dreams life's a highway, um, and it's basically a sort of a a jab at, at Bruce. Um, so it's you know it's it's sort of like I said, and you know everything, <laughs> everything people say about Bruce, but in in one song, and yeah, again, it's a sort of an epic story. Um, and like recently, people have said, maybe you know, I think on or you Jesse even, but it could be a continuation of Thunder Road, like a sequel, which also you know gives it another another perspective and i think it also it's, it's that feeling of you know we always all want something apart from work because work you know we, we do work with one of every, you know one of the guys at work but i think we always feel we want to do outside work be able to do something that sort of sets us apart you know whether it's a hobby or interest and i think there's always that feeling and i think that the song sums that up quite well yeah. chris it's so funny i was just talking to one of my friends who was like i think i'm gonna look start looking for a new job i'm not challenged here and i was like i don't think you have to be challenged at your job why don't you work on your hobbies work on your outside of work stuff so that's such a good way to look at this song yeah, um, you know, I, I, for the longest time, I said it was um, Bruce's uh, best Beach Boy song, his version of a Beach Boy song, you know, 409, Shut It Down, he does Racing in the Streets, and then he did Girls in Their Summer Clothes, and I said, okay, well, all right, Racing in the Street is his second Beach Boy song. Um, the It did not make my list, but it was, it was in contention, and I certainly... I actually looked at my list and said, how did I not include Racing in the Street? Um, you know, a absolutely iconic ending where the, the you know, the instrumentals are playing it off. Um, I also love the way that Bruce sings this very matter-of-factly. 
you know, it's just, it's, you know, when we go racing in the streets. Yeah, absolutely beautiful choice. Yeah. Um, Ian? I, I've chosen racing in the streets a little bit higher, so. Okay, um, all right, we'll um, save that, all right. All right, well, what is your number three, Ian? Uh, my number three is uh, Incident on 57th Street. Okay. From, um, the Wild, the Innocents, and the Street Shuffle, obviously. Uh, and we discussed it a little bit um, as well already. I think uh, epic is definitely the word I would use for this song. Um, and again, we mentioned with Highway Patrolman, it's it's uh, like a film in a song. Um, it's got a cast of characters, snapshots of their lives, but you also get a little bit that you're relating to the emotions that they're feeling. Some of the um, the way that Bruce sings it in a seems to sing it in a slightly different voice, depending on which character he's actually representing at a particular time. I think it's fantastic. I think one of his best vocal performances that he's done throughout his career, because I just think the way that he puts this across from the different characters' points of view and tells the story, and musically as well, the the whole band, but I think uh, the drumming on it is great and the beautiful guitar solo as well. I just love it. Uh, And I've also seen it live uh, played just on the piano with uh, Bruce's voice and the piano, which was also amazing, and um, I guess that shows the quality of a song if you can perform it in a different style in a totally different setting, and it still has the same kind of impact and, and crossover for the audience. Great, great stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Bella? Uh, my number three is Death to My Hometown. Um I love Wrecking Ball as an album. Um, It's very much the, it's my favorite genre of Bruce, which is Angry Bruce. Um, And this is, I think, his angriest song on Wrecking Ball. Um, uh, Yeah, the Send the Robber Baron Straight to Hell. Like, who hasn't felt that about, you know, business people? Um, I feel like this song is becoming more and more relevant with each year. I don't know if that, I don't know if it's that, it's becoming more and more relevant to me and how I think about the world and think about business or if it's becoming more and more relevant because it's repeating itself again. Um, but I love this song. I really love um, the music. I like the ominous nature of it. Um, it's a great pump up song. It was on my like running playlist for a while just because the beat is so good. Um, yeah, I really I like the song. It really gets me going. It was one of my nearly choices. It, it missed the cut, but yeah, it's, again, it's a, I love it. It's a, it's a, it's a great song. Yeah. And it's, it's got that angry. It's one of those ones that really sort of riles you up. Um, yeah. Mm. So that's a good choice. Yeah. yeah, I do like it. Um, it's not one of my favorite top favorite songs on the album. It's on, which I think is probably why it didn't get closer to my list on this particular thing. But, um, yeah, I think you're right in terms of angry and that you can feel the the kind of undercurrent of threat in there. Yeah. Actually, it's so interesting. I didn't even think about that. But you're right. It is one of my favorite songs on Wrecking Ball. And I think that's why it made the list, because it, I, I would say if I had to rank my Wrecking Ball favorites, it would be top three for sure. Yeah. It, maybe that is why. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, and, and it's on my list, so I'm going to save my thoughts. It's a little bit higher than that. Uh, my number, um, my, mine is Highway Patrolman, and as we talked about it already, I just, I, I love the story. I love the idea of the conflict between what's doing right for your job and as a representative of your, you know, the law and society and as a policeman, but also your, your, what you do to your family. Um, I think it's a wonderful complexion. I, I love the idea, especially with all the, it, it feels timely, especially with everything that's going on with the police officers nowadays about not losing your humanity and how to do that. Um, and I'll honestly, I also, as much as I love uh, Bruce doing it, I always think of Johnny Cash covering it as well and how it 
it feels like it's something Johnny Cash would have written or shared with himself. And so um, it it was – I knew right away that it would make my list just where. And so uh, I'm glad that um, somebody else picked it too. <laughs> so and then I'll just go this one. My number two is Death to My Hometown. Um, I absolutely adore Wrecking Ball. It is – it is Linda's favorite album. Um, it is, you know, we went to multiple. That was the first tour where I went to more than one show. Um, the there are a lot of great songs. That's when we had the E Street Orchestra, right? They had the horn section in the background, and it was just this multiple, you know, the E Street Band on steroids, however you want to call it. And when they're doing uh, Shackled and Drawn and Death to My Hometown, where everyone is involved. You know, you were talking about Sleeping Joe Cafe. I was thinking about how they end at Shackled and Drawn. You know, they're all doing almost like the Rockettes versions. Um, and Death to My Hometown, for such a dark, angry subject, is also so happy. It, it, it Happy, I mean, it's a joyous celebration of, of, of you know, fighting the good fight and and making your argument so I, I just love it yeah it's almost like the song you play after you win the fight and so you're still full of anger but you're also like okay we we got it we won even though we have not but you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all right um let's go uh bella uh, number my number two, two is uh, Counting on a Miracle. Um, I, The Rising was the first Bruce album I ever really loved. So when I saw that one, I was like, I feel like I, I knew it had to be on my list. And as I went through all the other songs, I was like, I really think this might be number two. So it's my number two. Um, Chris, it's so interesting you brought up that he's I never considered that he was singing from the perspective of a woman on any of the Wrecking Ball songs. I considered that he was singing as a man who lost his wife and was positioning himself kind of, Ian, you touched on this, in this outsider situation in 9-11 where there were so many people who like lost husbands who were firefighters and he was positioning himself as like, oh, I, I lost my wife and this is a different kind of loss that people aren't really appreciating so that's that's how i saw it that's how i see you're missing but now that i'm I'm gonna have to go back and maybe it's a gay love song who's to say um i don't think that's what he intended but maybe it is um but i really love counting on a miracle um i also look at it to me i think the rising is could be a really great album about depression and about struggling with depression and i think this is a great song for that when you get up and you're just like i don't think i can face the day And, and then this song plays in your head yeah, well said, well said. Any other thoughts on that? All right. No, think, yeah. Ian, what's number two for you? Number two for me is Racing in the Street, which uh, we've, we've talked about already, so we've said a lot of the things, but I think the, the music is beautiful, and the, the lengthy instrumental fade out at the end, hey there. I just think is absolutely fantastic the way it's played the arrangement of the the piano and that that guitar and just the organ and it's just absolutely perfectly done understated a little bit but but so well done um and the lyrics i think it's funny that it's i um, i was nodding my head when chris was talking about the prefab scrap song because uh, obviously I, I remember that one too about cars and girls oh, no. uh, and i think Strange to say, it's, um, you know, for everything about racing in the street, it's 100% definitively not about cars. It's about girls, but it's not about it's, cars. It's, it's about no, um, all kinds of things. And to me, stop. Chris, you mentioned the way that people want to have something that they do other than how they pay the bills. And I think it's also about how people use that as a way of escaping from stuff that might not be so good in their life, whether that's uh, yeah. racing in the street or your sports team or whatever it is, 
going fishing or whatever it is people no, do to um, to get no, away from get home and the way we no. escape don't even worry about it try and get yes, away from things when they're not sure, so good not and also of we'll course just, the way that we'll things that started out so yes, great can turn okay. sour as we go down the road and that yeah. this relationship but the fact that there's also still some hope there because he the protagonist of the song he kind of realizes there's still some hope here we, we've still got a chance so so I, I just i just love it i think there's so so much within that song uh, I, it, it, go ahead chris so i was going to say that just on a side note is a few well one live version at least i don't know if it's on one of these live collections or it might be one of the the concerts that's been released where the intro Roy Bitton's piano intros. It's almost, um, it's it's like a like a concert pianist. It's yes. amazing, uh, and you just, you know, it's like mind blowing. Um, so I think we've got to add, you know, Roy Bitton's piano on on that in any form on that song is also it's it's amazing. I'm going to yeah, have really. to find that because um, yeah. Roy Bitten is my favorite non-Bruce member of the E Street band. So I'm going to have to find that version. And, and it is so beautiful. Like I said, I looked at my list and like, how did I not include that? Um, so I'm glad it made for a couple of people's list. And, and that's that's awesome. Very nice. All right, Chris, number two for you. Number two is Born to Run. Ah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, that was the first, I think I've said before on what I have on the podcast, it was the first song that sort of drew me into Bruce um, when I heard the live version as a single in um, 1987. Um, and, you know, I, I, whether it's number two just because of overexposure, I, or I, I don't know, but that it's one. Of, if I compare it to Thunder Road, Thunder Road I only discovered when I bought the album Born to Run, whereas I already knew Born to Run. Um, today, Thunder Road still gives me the same sort of tingling feeling on my skin. You know, when I when I hear it start. Uh, Born to Run, I've sort of just sort of grown a bit, you know, I still like it, but it's, it doesn't give me that same feeling now that it, it, it did back then. Um, but it, yeah, it's still a great, you know, amazing song and. It is I've, kind of funny. Got, Not to, I'm sorry, go, go ahead, Chris, and then I'll make my point. I cannot, and when the only time I've seen Bruce was at Johannesburg in 2014. I got to touch his guitar during the instrumental break, so. There you go. You know, what's funny, right, is you're <laughs> I having. I haven't watched that hand since. Yeah. You're, you're having you to grab defend. my hand during a song on the river tour, and I was like, whoo! <laughs> right, like you're having to defend its number two, um, I, I, which is absolutely just incredibly unfair. Um, I actually debated whether we should. You know, okay, and like Born to Run should just be off. That's a that's a first ballot Hall of Fame. We don't even need to discuss it, you know. But uh, it was like, no, 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 we should have that. So I'm glad they did that. Um, my friend Sam, who I talk about on the podcast all the time, is has the very I think crazy thought that he wishes Bruce wouldn't do Born to Run live anymore because. Wouldn't you rather, like we've heard Born to Run too many times, wouldn't you rather him do uh, something else that you don't often hear? And my argument is um, every show is someone's first show, and if you go to see Bruce Springsteen live and don't get Born to Run, aren't you going to leave disappointed? I don't care how great his songs are. So um, very, very also, cool. I'm sorry, Sam, but no, I don't want another song. I want to hear Born to Run again. I can go see Bruce 150 more times. And then I'd be like, I, you know, I wish he would play Born to Run twice in one set. Yes, exactly. That's how much I love that song. Absolutely. All right. Well, Bella, while you're going, what's your number one? It's Born to Run, obviously. <laughs> um, I, anytime we enter the conversation like, oh, what's your favorite Bruce Springsteen song, blah, blah. 
I feel like I have to say born to run because I literally have a born to run tattoo. Yeah. And so the day <laughs> that becomes not my favorite Bruce Springsteen song, we're going to have a problem. Okay. <laughs> so I, I love born to run. It's my favorite song of all time. It's my favorite Bruce Springsteen song. Um, there the triumph of it, the struggle of it. I, I don't know if I can totally talk about why I love it so much, um, but it's it's my absolute favorite song. Um, it's one of those that I, I don't like to play for people who have never heard it, because I'm like, if you don't like it, we're going to have not an issue, but like... I don't know if I, I can trust you, yes. Right, <laughs> exactly. I don't want to hear criticism of the song Yes. from... So, yes, it's it's my absolute favorite. Side note, if Bruce ever does anything super controversial, I am out of luck. I have already committed. Exactly. <laughs> I have the I have the tattoo. I, I hope he never yeah. hope he doesn't become a white supremacist because that's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> uh, I, it, it, I I do think it's amazing and, and I am so grateful that um I guess he will turn seventy one in September as well. And um so far, I mean, I guess the most controversial thing he's done is uh, cheated on his first marriage. I mean, you know that. I mean, and 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 he seems so apologetic and takes full blame for that, right? Like, I'm sorry I didn't mail, marry my soulmate. You know, it took me a while to find her, and I'm so sorry. I mean, he's he has seemed to do, at least from my perspective, as. <laughs> As uh, you know, an old white liberal, he's doing everything right politically, right? And he seems absolutely to truly care. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and then doing it since you know, the, yeah. like Forty One Shots came out way before a lot of people yes. were thinking about police brutality. So absolutely. So Ian, um, number one. Um, yeah, I'm not going to shock you and tell you uh, Born to Run didn't make my list, but okay. <laughs> Born to Run is my number one. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, for basically the same kind of reasons that Bella said, it's my number one song. It would be my number one song in any category for which it qualified, whether that's best track fives, best songs of the 70s, best songs with the words Hemi Power Drone in the lyrics. <laughs> uh, in the category that Bonter runs in, it'll be my number one song in there. I just love the the passion, the the romance, that kind of optimism and the excitement of it. I think from the first drum roll to the last fade out of the, the last note, it's exciting all the way through. And it's it's for me, it's if someone I've said this before, I think in maybe on when I was a Terry's guest where I chose this song. Um, if an alien was to come down and say, what's this rock music we hear about? What is it? What is it? And I'd play them Born to Run and say this is what this rock music is. Yeah, so. uh, I, I remember, God, years ago um, on the local sports station I listened to uh, David Moore, who is a sports writer, and Babe Laufenberg, who was at the time the CBS. Um, he was a former um, cowboy backup, and he was the CBS uh, sports anchor, and they were talking about um, – Born to Run or Thunder Road, and like he said, well, Born to Run is the greatest song of Rose. I go, well, I think Thunder Road has something to say about that, and I always make that joke, right? Like, well, you know, if it's not the greatest song he's ever written, it's in the discussion, and uh, and I think depending on the day, I would pick one or the other of those songs. So yeah, it was my number one list too. Um, so Chris. Poor Chris is like, oh, well, it was my number two. It's not that I don't hate the song. What what was your number one, buddy? Mine's Incident on 57th Street. Nice. Nice, John. It's great choice. Um, you know, that, that's a song that, like I was saying with Thunder Road, when those first notes start, I get that tingling sensation up my spine. And it's... One of those songs I'll just sit back and listen to and absorb every note, every word. And it's a, you know, it's a little, it's a movie, it's sort of in in one in one song. Um, and it, it's so the imagery is I find so 
so vivid. You know, I've, I've got this scene in my head of, you know, a New, a New York street, um, an apartment or, or, or whatever, you know, everything I find, you know, but, you know, the way it's portrayed is, is, is such sort of a vivid scene. Uh, it's a great song. It didn't make my list, but just because, you know, I I felt stronger about the other five. But absolutely, you know, um, Counting on a Miracle, Racing in the Street, and uh, Incident are three that made y'all's list that didn't for me. I could have made mine. I'm now going to go back and listen to Cowboys, Bella, with fresh ears and and try to see from that perspective um i think i don't do a lot of listening to ghost of tom Joad, and i think that's one of the reasons why it isn't something that immediately jumps to a mind so i i like the idea of thinking about that differently well and i'll be honest i don't do a ton of listening to ghost of tom Joad either as an album i think it's I think it's one of his weird ones overall, even though I think the theme is really strong. But the songs I like on Tom Joad, I really, really like. Okay, good. Um, any other final thoughts as we wrap up? Uh, it was hard. <laughs> I think uh, that's the first oh. thing. You know, yeah. I think we've all said, I'm really sorry I didn't have that one on my list. We said it a couple of times. Yeah. And that's, I think, just shows the, the quality of the material that we've got to choose from here that, you know, we've yeah. we've left out some pretty strong songs that, that, that didn't make any of our lists, you know, that, and uh, that shows the kind of stuff we're dealing with here. I just realized none of us had Downbound Train on any of our lists, and that one was one that, was very much close. I was like, ooh, is this... Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, nothing nothing encapsulates devastating heartbreak like Downbound Train to me. Well, and Gypsy Biker is considered a mini, a, a modern mm-hmm. classic, that he was so much about that. And, uh, and you know, I, I love Leap of Faith. You know, I would be happy to hear Leap of Faith live. So, absolutely. I think it makes me laugh because I, I don't think Bruce does smutty and double entendre very well. He doesn't seem to to be uh, and some yeah. of the uh, I find it it's quite funny some of the way he tries to use this kind of sexual um, metaphor. Yes. And, uh, yes. I always find it quite amusing when Bruce does that. Very Absolutely. much agreed. I don't love Leap of Faith. Anytime Bruce tries to be dirty Bruce, I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. The one um, I had trouble leaving off was Lost in the Flood. Yes. Yes, of course. You're right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that was between that and Counting on a Miracle. And the reason I left it off was a bit sort of the the words. But it's true, you know, it's like a lot of so some of the other songs on that first album. Um, they're a bit vague. Yeah. Um, a bit ambiguous, and they might mean something if you live in New Jersey or, you know, the, the ref, there might be local references, but, um, which, I, you know, he still has in some songs, but a, a, a lot of it is quite um, obscure, and that was sort of the reason. I like it, and um, still one of my favorite songs, but, yeah, just didn't make it. I thought Counted on a Miracle was a more focused song had, had a to me had a more of a meaning well i'm going to propose that we set our clocks for a year from now and the four of us discuss sixth tracks <laughs> and we start a tradition for the till we run out of yeah. i guess like around the 10th a year most songs have at least 10 though so that'd be fun but i this was a blast i had so much fun i i yeah. you three are amazingly wonderful people and and i feel you know i i've bella and i've talked about this before it's i've been lucky enough to meet bella once but the rest of you who knows if we'll ever meet in person but i feel a a a friendship and a kinship to you guys and i just really appreciate you all you do to support uh me the podcast and just for your friendship it means the world to me thank you same here jesse thank you and that that goes as well yeah the fact we can all sit here sharing a common passion and just 
having friends all over the world because of this music and, and that's just fantastic yeah and it is it is amazing um do you think about the technology of you know we are as i said at the beginning of the episode around the world and we're able to visit with each other and talk and so it's great um all right listeners it's your job now and you need to tell us what we did wrong or what who we left out or what we got right uh set bruce at gmail.com uh, let us know. I'm found on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. Um, Ian, if they want to reach you, how can they? They can find me on Twitter at Ian Braisby, um, and uh, I'm usually on there most days. All right, Bella. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Bella Pori. My blog is WestwingBestwing.com. Uh, look out for the ranking of vice presidents. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. And Chris, how about you? I'm also on. Twitter is at Flickris, F-L-I-C-K-R-I-S, and also the same handle on Instagram. Very nice. All right, uh, listeners, stay safe. Wash your hands. Uh, by the way, did anyone listen to Bruce at midnight last night or 11 p.m. last night on my time? All right, he. Uh, there was all kinds of speculation. He did live on E Street from my home to your home. Uh, they said he, you know, he did it at midnight East Coast time, and there was all kinds of speculation that he may be announcing new music or something. And it was just a great. He just said, "I'm a night owl. I have always loved doing things at night." And so he did an hour set of just giving different music, a lot with nighttime themes. Um, I felt like a little kid because I had my phone the serious app playing and I was in bed and I felt like like a kid when you used to have the transistor radio that you would have in there trying to sneak in so your parents wouldn't know that you were still listening to music. I felt a little bit like that. So Just it was one fun. more song then I'll go to sleep. Yeah, one more song then I'll go to sleep. Absolutely. All right. So listeners, be safe. Wash your hands. Wear an effing mask. Be good to each other. We love you and we'll talk to you soon. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.